1: Familia querida de Univision, aquí Lucero para decirles que no se pueden perder el gallo
2: de oro.
0: A child drowning can happen in seconds. In a few seconds, your life can be shattered and changed forever. Today we talk to Nicole Hughes, who during a family vacation lost her baby boy after he drowned in a pool. She has turned her pain into purpose by honoring the legacy of her son and advocating for more awareness about water safety. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech.
2: And I'm Pamela, I have a baby boy named Ford and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms, we're actually pretty different.
0: And that's totally okay because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. All right. Good morning, Pamela.
2: Good morning, Karen. I missed you. I did Um, too. Here for us in Miami, it's always like... Yeah, we don't want this to be a seasonal topic. We Mm -hmm. want it to be a year-round topic. We live in Florida, as many of you know, and... We've shared this, like my biggest fear is Mm -hmm. anything water related around Ford. I've been paranoid, I think, since I was pregnant. Mm. He did, as I mentioned here before, I think briefly, he did the survival swimming classes when he was a a baby. He did swimming classes last year. And I feel like every year, for some reason, I am more afraid, which I know is not, you know, something healthy to be having that fear in my mind. But this is a topic that I really, really wanted to touch upon and, you know, discuss.
0: Yeah. So what we we hope is that today will be a really informative and just kind of like a good reminder for anyone who maybe is not having this top of mind or as the rest of the United States goes into pool season and beach season and all kinds of water season that, you know, we just have this little reminder for you, especially as we get invited to Pool birthday parties. I've been invited to so many pool birthday parties lately, and like, I have to just like mentally prepare myself that I'm going to be in the pool oh, the whole time I <laughs> <laughs> because I refuse to not be in the pool. Like, but first we will do our motherish moment. Do you have your motherish moment, Pamela?
2: Yeah, I have one. I mean, it's pretty fresh on my mind. I don't know when this will air, but this week was a really tough week at work, and it felt like it was a very notable moment when I realized that motherhood has changed me as a professional as well. Mm. You know, I cover news and many times we have very hard news to report. But this time around for some reason, and I think ever since having Ford, I have been more sensitive and I have been more emotional. And I had one of those moments where I kind of broke on the air, which doesn't really happen often, but I was reporting on the Nashville, Tennessee shooting. (laughs) And it's just so hard. I mean, I just don't ever want anyone to get used to having to hear these news yeah. and these stories or even get numb to having to report them. So, you know, it was like it was Monday. It was a Monday afternoon. I was going on the air. And when the reporter came back to me and kind of like highlighted that there was a school where there were pre-K students all the way through, you know, sixth grade. It's just like I just sort of... I had just toured a school for Ford and I was just so saddened about how security has become such a priority when they show you these schools. You know, before I think it was maybe more focused on the curriculum and the teachers and the schedule for the babies. And now the first thing they tell you is, you know, we have an armed policeman, we have everything locked down, we have security cameras. And I know it's for their safety, but, you know, I just, I don't know, I was very emotional and I had one of those moments on the air where I just kind of like, I couldn't, barely spoke. Um, I was trying to avoid my ugly cry on the air. Her, but I just sounded her, like a voice cry, was choking and i had so and like, So I don't know. It was just like one of those moments that I was just heartbroken and I, I just couldn't control, I guess, my emotions on the air. And I definitely think
0: that motherhood has changed me, you know, when it comes to reporting these news. Yeah, well on a related note, I was picking up Victoria from school. So I was in the parking lot waiting to pick up Victoria from school this week when I, you know, came across the the body cam footage. And it was one of those things when you see it on your feed, you're like, do I watch this? Do I not watch this? And I said, you know what, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to, you know, let's, let's go ahead and just watch what happened. And it was devastating and it was heartbreaking to see I also do want to say like you know these officers look like they really they were quick to move and act and you know thank god they were but we shouldn't be resorting to that right but anyway immediately after that I got out of the car I was like very like you know shaken by all of it but I got out of the car and I and the officer that is at Victoria's school happened to be there and he was like you know by the entrance and I (laughs) poor man I like I like attacked him but I was like What are your hours? When are you here? Like, I just, I went in a full, like, you know, and if you're not here, where's the nearest police station? And I just kind of spiraled into this whole thing. But he and I had like a really kind of in-depth conversation. And he said, you know, I want you to know that I take my job very seriously. I'm always watching who's coming in and out of this school. And this is, he's like, my job feels more important than ever. And not that that's what we should be leaning on, but it was definitely like,
2: it was a little bit
0: reassuring and so when we when I got Victoria out I was like mama mama you gotta tell the officer thank you for protecting us and I was like why am I saying this to her because she shouldn't even have the thought that like school is a place where you need to be protected like I just kind of got into this back and forth in my head but either way in general I was like okay like let's go with the, the notion that that's an officer's job and like they're here to you know make sure everything is okay and people follow the rules and stuff so she was like thank you for protecting us, officer. And I was like, okay. But it was just, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's very infuriating to me that we are still, that this is happening so often. Why don't we welcome Nicole? And before
2: we, we hear her testimony, she could share like a little motherish moment of her week.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate the Honesty, just the genuine connection. I feel like all of us as mothers can relate to everything that you both just said, especially after this week. Uh, We actually live in Tennessee um, and we know um, some of the families impacted there. So it has been. um, I work at a school, actually, that is very similar to that school where the shooting happened. And so the security that we have put into place means that my office restroom is now also the safest place for the middle school math students to use the restroom so so that was and he was a great kid and he just was like it's okay i'll come back um you know but i think that's actually interesting that it happened right then because like you said i mean it i wish our students didn't have to they could just go use the restroom in the hallway you know where they were and they didn't have to have an adult kind of there but my so we were impacted some of the the people and um by knowing them but my oldest daughter actually turned 14 yesterday and so she's our oldest of five and uh, I think that you know it's there is there does come an extra you know I don't want to say like just holding our kids tighter because it's at the loss and the expense like these of these other children dying but it, it always gives me such a perspective on appreciating that they grow older. Um, I I am never nostalgic. I'm never, well, I never say like, please don't grow up or I wish you could stay this age forever or I'm so sad that she's 14 because I'm so happy that she made it to 14. You know, I mean, I don't feel that same sadness about my children starting preschool and then kindergarten and becoming teenagers because it's not a guarantee, you know, for everybody. And so I think it does give that perspective on being able to appreciate and not, you know, be so sad with every passing day or every passing milestone of your kids you know kind of feeling that sadness being able to just be be grateful and excited about you know the things that are to come so
2: so why don't we start with your story nicole why don't we start on that date you know june 10th 2018.
1: so uh levi was our he was our third child and at the time he was our our youngest he was three and so similar to your um kids ages um, he had turned three that March, and we always travel with um, my husband's a physician, and when he was in his residency and his fellowship, you know, he moved so much and everything, and so we'd become really good friends with with these five other families. And even after, they were all anesthesia fellowship together, and even after everyone left and they went there, there you know, to different states, we lived in six different states at this point, we still came back for this beach trip together this week, this week-long trip in June, um, and it was Levi's, you know, we've been going since before any of us had kids. So he went as a baby, as a one-year-old, as a two-year-old. And then now he was here as a four-year-old. I mean, as a three-year-old, as the fourth year um, in this same house. And we spent that first full day, you know, he was in the pool. He was wearing a puddle jumper, jumping into his sister. I actually have 16 photos of him and then 14 of them all time stamped, date stamped, his final day, he was wearing a life jacket or a puddle jumper. I didn't even let him out of the living room without a life jacket or a puddle jumper on. I mean, I I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. We thought we were doing everything, you know, right. And I swam the whole day. We finished that that night. We ate dinner. We were kind of cleaning up. And the dads all took the kids crab hunting on that first Sunday night, every night, every year. And they always looked forward to it. And this was really the first year that Levi really like knew what was going on. And he was so excited about it. Um, he couldn't wait to go catch his crabs. And in fact, that was my husband's final interaction. He he like took him, you know, we were all in the room together and he like, he used to like flip him upside down and he flipped him upside down and he said, you know, how many crabs are we going to catch? And he said, so many. And he laughed and my husband put him down. This all happened within like a two minute span. I, uh, as he was putting him down, because I remember thinking, put him down, stop. I got to give him the snack so he can eat it so he won't be hungry. You know, all the mom thoughts, right? Um, I brought him this, like, a it was a bowl of chips and a half of a brownie. And I just, like, broke this brownie in half and I gave him half. And I put the other half in my mouth. And we were in this room, you know, there were 12 adults, tons of kids. You know, they were just, we were all, like, kind of in this kitchen living room and, like, a big beach house. We all stayed in the same house. And he took... I mean, he like started to eat the brownie. I walked away. I threw something in the garbage. We weren't doing anything. I wasn't drinking. My phone was charging in the bedroom. It wasn't on my phone. And I believe I was on the couch. And then, I mean, it was, I don't I don't even know how he got out or how he got in. I, that's all I did. Literally, I mean, we're all standing there. I walked outside actually to check the weather because we were waiting for it to get dark. It was probably like at 630 at this point to go crab hunting. And, and I just happened to glance over The balcony, I didn't even know he was missing because he was on the couch wearing khaki shorts. I mean, we weren't swimming. And um, he was in the deep end of the pool. And like it was, I mean, I reacted immediately, but it also was an eternity because I just kept thinking. I remember like just, but he's on the couch. He's on the couch. I don't know what I screamed or did, but it was loud enough that I I think I like banged on the glass doors. And whatever I screamed was enough that everybody in the room came out and everybody around us, you know, I didn't register any of this till afterwards, but, and I ran down the stairs and jumped in. Um, and like the second I got to him, someone else was in the water with me helping me lift him up. And like, in the chaos of all of it, I mean, we just flipped him up, you know, on the side. I didn't even know who it was until later. I just knew. I just kept saying, like, someone was in the water with me. Someone, I wasn't alone. Who who was in there? Um, and one of our friends who was the closest to the window and was the first one out had looked over the balcony, and he had jumped off the balcony into the water. And um, so we reached him at the same time. And, you know, what you think about this, the shooting, it's also, I mean, just all the bad things that can happen in life. Because there's so many. Like you said, you report on it. You know, I mean, it's all the time. There's just tragic things that happen and I will say that there are always not enough to negate you know the awfulness of a tragedy but there are always moments these good moments too there are and to me to have had that moment where I I, I wasn't alone in the worst moment of my life is uh was such a small mercy such a bit such a small mercy that was that was this it was a big mercy and within literally by the time we pulled him out There were five physicians by a side and then plus my friend who had jumped in who climbed out so he had six physicians five of them cardiothoracic anesthesiologists um including my husband which are airway experts i mean that's what they do all day is keep people breathing you know i mean that is actually their specialty and and then one was an ophthalmologist but six physicians he was fully intubated they had an airway kit like with them because they're anesthesiologists. So when we called 911, you know, they walked us, you know, walk, I don't even remember any of this. I mean, it was all such a blur, but, um, they said, you know, it's like the best case scenario. And, and they were able to get a pulse back, he was airlifted, but he, we lost him that night. And, you know, even we just, my husband and I were just, I mean, the shock in a situation like that is so real. But even then we were, we just kept thinking he wasn't swimming. He was wearing khaki shorts. Like he wasn't even in a swim. We weren't even close to the pool. How did he drown? And that has been still like such a a constant thought, you know, for us, just the shock of what everyone thinks drowning is and looks like, and then the, what it actually is. But all of the statistics and all of the stories, the, object, the, you know, the objective and the subjective evidence points to it's it's. Not at all what people think it is. And so then if people don't know it and to your point, you know what you said earlier about being worried, you know you don't want to have it's not healthy to have that fear you know I would kind of say like but it's good you're worrying about one of the the top things to worry about. So in a way it is good that you kind of have that that healthy that understanding I guess of you know what it really is.
2: There were two words that you mentioned. I was watching one of the previous <clears throat> interviews and you said, drownings are silent and in seconds, right? Silent and fast. And I think people forget. And I think people have also created this false illusion that drowning are people splashing the water and are fighting and struggling in the water when it's completely the opposite, right? And I think those two things, I I, I think it's a great reminder to say that we can never have enough eyes on our kids, like, if not, like, what do you, have you learned through this whole grieving process, Nicole? And what do you want parents to know? So much.
1: I, you know, I want to say, I do think it's scary. Like, you you know, even going back to being afraid to send our kids to school, or, you know, it is not, and I think where we have learned how fragile life is and how, you know, we appreciate their childhoods. My, our, we've since had two more children, more, there is just a different level of that. And, you know, one thing that we have been very been very important to us is that we make sure that we don't spend so much time protecting them that they don't get to experience a real childhood. And so my older daughters wanted to swim the next day. We went to my brother and sister-in-law's house in Alabama. We didn't know where to go. I mean, it was just we had to cut the trip. I mean, obviously, we all left. I mean, it was it was we were definitely all in shock. And um, they wanted to swim the next day. And we said, OK, you know, and, and so I think having this information and then doing what you can with it and then saying, okay, I'm going to live too, though, you know, and not like letting the fear of everything, the more armed you are with the correct information and can make the best specific choices for your family, the more you can then enjoy, you know, still going places with pool and with water. I mean, you can't avoid it. You know, like you said, the pool parties and, and everything. And I think the biggest, the most important information is knowing your child their age because their age and then where you live geographically, really the two factors that they're the most important in determining like what steps you should take. You know, as you said, people think it's splashing and it's yelling, but the statistics and I can send, you know, I have the CDC chart on this and everything. The statistics are so clear. There's not even a close second place here. Not that it's a prize you want to win, but one to four year olds are the most at risk period. The next Age group most at risk of all age groups are actually 83 to 85-year-olds because they they drown when they're taking a bath and they slip or, you know, there's multiple factors involved there. But Mm -hmm. I think if you were to poll parents, they would have no idea. You know, and there's a lot of worry like on like 12. And yes, yes, all ages are at risk. I'm not in any way saying, oh, you have a nine-year-old, you're safe. You know, that's not it at all. But uh, so, for example, with one to four-year-olds being the most at risk, Um the most most at risk. I mean, like I said, the next age group for children, it goes like one to four, and then it's eighty-three, and then it's like fifty-six year olds. I mean, it doesn't even get back to being kids until um teenagers. Wow. So and with one to four year olds, it is rarely during a swim time. Almost every story is our story. Mm, Um they are loading the car up um after a fourth of July picnic and the kids are in the car in the front yard. The mom runs back in to get the watermelon dish or whatever, you know, and the kids make it back to the pool. And they're unloading the groceries at, when they arrived at the beach house. It's the first time ever that the child has climbed out of their crib during nap time. And it's the first time the maintenance worker has left the fence open and the kids are watching Dora on the couch. The door's cracked open. It is that story every single time. I mean, it just is, it just is. I mean, there are a few outlier examples, of course, of that it's happening during swim time. But it is not this. Watch your kids when they're swimming. Like I think most people think it is, and so that is that is harmful because it's the incorrect. It's not the correct information. So then you don't take the correct steps. I mean, had we just deadbolted the door? I mean, we were. He was being. He was not not being supervised. I mean, he was on the couch with like four other kids on the couch. His dad and I were both in the room. The door was very heavy. We don't know how he. I honestly, I, we think it was probably a, a child, an older child going out. It doesn't matter. We don't know. We don't need to know. It doesn't matter. But and um, there were multiple factors, you know, that led multiple things that went wrong. I yeah. guess that could have prevented Levi. But had we even deadbolted the door? Had we, you know, had like had my husband? He was just sitting on the balcony. They were eating like dinner on the balcony, and then we were cleaning it from dinner. Like him and one of the friends. If they would have just stayed out there, you know, I mean, there are so many easy steps we could have taken. And earlier that morning, I was reading like a magnet on the refrigerator about the sea turtles and like, make sure you turn your flashlights off and your headlights off and on your, you know, bikes or whatever, when you're on the beach past dusk. So the turtles like know, you know, how to go to the ocean. And I remember telling everybody like, we got to make sure don't have our lights on in the beach house. And I just later, I just still, I keep thinking like, what if there had been a magnet on the fridge that said, Hey, at that point, we probably had 11 kids in that age range. What if someone had said, like, hey, this is the age group most at risk? It usually happens when they're not swimming. Don't just watch them around the water, you know, watch them when you come inside.
2: Another thing that jumped at me when I was watching a lot of the interviews was that, and then it was true, a lot of the pediatricians never discuss water safety with you. Like, you mm-hmm. go to a checkup and it's never, I've never discussed that. Like, are they swimming yet
1: or do you have them in classes, right? Especially like with in Miami. I would- yes, in its, it's heart. I mean, I'm married to a physician, you know, and. A lot of our friends are physicians and we loved our pediatrician. But I, I remember, you know, right after we lost leave, I mean, immediate, like the next day, I, it, well, it was actually one week later to the day. My husband looked up the statistics on the CDC website and he, I mean, he was like one to four and boys. And, you know, sometimes I feel, I, I hesitate to share very specific. I, I don't want like a, the, you know, girls are obviously still very much at risk. Boys overall, especially once they hit teenage years, have a much higher risk. Um, in the one to four range, I think it's still pretty even, more even with girls and boys. I mean, the statistics could not be more clear. It is one to four-year-olds when they are not expected to be near the water and they reach the water. And then, like I said, if you remove the adults from the, the next statistic, it is um, teenagers, and it's almost always boys. Um, and it flips. It's the opposite. It's teenage boys who are good swimmers who are swimming in natural water so for toddlers it's usually they don't know how to swim Um, and then with teenagers a lot of times they are really good swimmers Mm -hmm. and they don't wear a life jacket because they overestimate you know their ability so I think that's why with parents like if they knew you know there is so much to worry about as parents right and so having the best specific information you can have and taking action accordingly I think gives such a more like manageable way to sort of check mark that particular worry. I mean, you can't check mark it completely, you know, but if you, but really looking at the statistics and knowing there are things you can do to, to, to safeguard it. And for people who have a pool, or if you go somewhere that's a pool, that has a pool, you know, is is just remembering that non swim time. When you go in to bring a sibling, when you're all inside and you're, you know, they're all standing in the living room, the dry clothes for the older one upstairs, like they are inside, but one of them slips back outside. I mean, these are all the stories. And the families mm-hmm. I know, but... Yeah. It is frustrating. And um, right after we, like I said, we lost him and we realized the statistic and I thought, like, how did I not, he was our third child. And you know, I'm a teacher. My husband's a physician. I was like the girl scout leader. I mean, not that anything's ma- These things mattered, I- except that I was very involved. I was very involved in my kids lives. How did we not, this information never reach us. And I thought, how could we, how can we reach more parents? And that is when I thought, I'll go and see what the American Academy of Pediatrics has on their website. It was June at this point. There was more information about mosquitoes. I have all of it (laughs) screen than there was about drowning. Wow. And I've since come through working with them. And, and, you know, pediatricians go into it because they love kids. I mean, it's very genuine. They, just like parents though, I mean, there's so much that they have to cover. Mm. The problem is it's not something like, I don't want to say controversy around it, but you know, what is the best mm-hmm. step? You know, is it survival swim? Is it, there's so many different situations that can be involved with swimming. If you're in natural water, you need a life jacket. You know, if you're not, you, then the child needs to be swimming or in held in your arms. They need to know what water is and it's harder. It isn't something where they can say, here's this tangible thing to do. This one answer, you know, to kind of solve this problem that I think it, and the reality also is, unfortunately, that there's a lot of the stigma around drowning, this thought that if parents just watch their kids, you know, that, that um, they wouldn't drown. And so I think that also went into fact, what is definitely a factor with what gets prioritized and what doesn't. Like, But they've done a lot. They really have in the last, you know, almost five years. There has been, they've really answered the call mm-hmm. to, to say, we really do need to care more about this. I mean, I've absolutely said we need to do better. I mean, honestly, and um, the recommended age group for swim, age for swim lessons um, has been lowered to age one. It used to be four. And there's still a lot, you know, as far as like survival swim, I mean, we have put ours in, I'm a big believer in the self rescue swim lessons. And, you know, and I think that the more that gets accessible to people, I think that's a big, a big factor because not only does it teach your child To survive if something were to happen, I think it gives the parents
2: a little bit more time, a better
1: under more more time, time, time. All you need is like 30 seconds. Um, And the AAP has come out and said a child can drown in as little as 30 seconds. I think before there was this idea that there was there was time, and then you do hear the stories of the kids who were in the water for this time frame. Or you know, I know people who have like timestamp pictures of their child sitting on the couch, like in the background of a picture they were just taking, and then you know a minute and a half later is when they made the 911 call. They were already out. They were in the water and out of it in that time frame and didn't make it. But again, it isn't to fear. I, I, you know, we would never leave our house again if we let the fear That's true. win. Mm-hmm. And some of this comes with having a child getting older, needing that independent. My daughter's 14, you know, and so there comes, there's so much more independence that comes with that. There is so much more that I have to trust, you know, what we've taught her. And I also just have to trust to some extent we've done everything we can. Mm-hmm. The risk benefit of us overprotecting can also be tricky, but which is why the best thing I can do is I really focus on like statistically for my children and not even just with water safety. Choking is another choking is, you know, in the top few. So i bought like a life back. It's like yeah, a I've face plunger mm-hmm. thing, you know? And, and so I, I I don't, I mean, I, hopefully I never have to use it. I don't, I'm not endorsing it. I haven't used <laughs> it. I don't know, but I, that has been one just as a mom of multiple kids. Yeah. My age span is pretty big, almost 13 years, that I have found I what control what I can control. And that is, let me look at the statistics, you know, the top five for my kids and um, what is most likely to, to harm them and then do everything I can within those. And, and instead of just letting every single tiny story I hear about everything to cause me to panic.
2: That's good advice. It, it's weird because I'm not... I don't consider myself someone that tends to worry I Mm -hmm. mean I've done a lot of like spiritual work on this and I pray and I just trust Mm -hmm. the Lord is taking care of my son and I just again we give him the tools that he needs to have and you know I'm always praying for the best but for me for some reason the drowning in the water I don't know if it's like in my deep self those are the only time I've had nightmares with my son what? is with water incidents. Mm-hmm. Well you're doing it right though. You said you he was in survival school. Then. Right. So so again, it's not like I don't tend to be a mom that over worries. I don't yeah. tend to be a mom that's no. like overprotective. I got no, no. you know, I'm again I, I trust and I pray. I do fear the water is one of those things where it's so fast, right? It's so fast yeah. and it's
1: And it's everywhere, especially where you guys everywhere, live. Yes, everywhere, it's everywhere like everywhere.
2: So Ford's dad has a big pool in the backyard. I remember like once he was taking a little bit longer to get the fence and I think he was starting to crawl already. And I was like, you got to get the fence out there. You got to get the yeah, fence. He finally got the fence. Is. And he's like, it's so hideous. I know. I know it's hideous, but yeah. it's necessary. <laughs> you know, and yeah. even now when they leave the fence a little open, if they're no. doing some garden work or something, I'm just like, <gasps> yeah. "I go." I, every time I go in the house, I'm always checking all the doors are locked and, and overlocked and. You know, and also the tub. He got a new tub that tends to not drain fully sometimes. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, the water needs to... I'm just like so over paranoid with the water and all that. But I do think it, it's... Again, it's a healthy reminder to people that they never be too cautious. And I think this warning about it happening during non-swimming time... Right. Is that is the most important thing
1: to remember. And yeah. the same thing with the bathtub, like you just said about it not draining, or the stories I know of... It's so interesting when you look at the statistics... So like 12 to 36 months is the most, most at risk. So it's one to four. And if you break it down even more, it's 12 to 36 months. I mean, no one on this in the United States is more at risk of drowning than a 12 to 36 month old. And which I think proves the point about it's obviously not a swim time. Who is just letting their 14 month old, you know, I mean, like obviously Mm -hmm. you're watching your 14 month old when you're swimming, right? It is most often pools, but there are there are, you know, bathtubs when an older sibling has used it and not drained it or when it doesn't drain, you know, properly ponds, buckets, uh, the wading pools. Yeah. When parents sometimes leave those in the backyard and like, don't dump those out. I am a big proponent of survival swim, you know, teaching the child to be able to roll and float, um, flip over, not just to float on their back. You know, some swim lessons are like, Oh, we teach back floating, but unless they teach them to get to their back, to flip. it yeah. doesn't really do anything. <laughs> Um, because not only does it teach them how to do that, but when my, um, both of my, we have a, just, we have a two-year-old and a three-year-old now, and they've both of course gone through survival swim. And I will be completely honest. Like they didn't want to get in the water for the first two year the first two summers. It was amazing mm-hmm. though. I mean, we, I'd be there with my older girls and they, they're like, I'm going to sit here and eat my goldfish Good. <laughs> because they yeah. knew it wasn't fun. Yeah, And I think that like, you know, everyone's like, well, I just don't want them to be afraid of water, but you know, we don't stand in a parking lot and say, "Like, come, I just need you to be, you know, just come on in. It's, it's, it's OK because it's not safe. Yeah. We don't show them guns and say, well, I just want you to be really comfortable around guns. Right. Yeah. I understand water has a different. We can't escape it. It is fun. I'm not saying like don't ever have fun in water. But like, mm-hmm. why does an 18 month old need to love with the water? Like, why can't they love it? When they're four, you know. When they're yeah,
2: Yeah. have respect. Like respect Uh, the water. I would say that's the
0: word I was gonna say too. Like for me with my daughter, it's more about like, yes, water is fun. She's a very like fearless uh, kind of girl. And, and so has never wanted, like just jumps right in, even before she knew how to actually like swim, like she'll just jump right in and like, you know, I'm sure I'll be fine. And I'm like, no, whatever. And so I've talked to her about like, you have to respect the water. You have to understand that although it's fun, you know, you have to know what to do. And I have her now in, in continuous like weekly swim classes, just because I also believe, particularly here where we are literally surrounded by water, every house has a pool. Like, um, it's, yeah. it, there's a lot. I just think that there's. it's really important to have reminder and reinforcement swim classes because there are short periods of the year where maybe they're not in the water as much. But I'm like, you need a refresher. You need a refresher. Well, and the bodies
1: grow, so it's different, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. they can grow a lot over a, you know, in their head side, like their head, um, proportion, you know, to their body, like changes the way they're, I'm not a swim instructor, but I feel like I've, you know, I've learned so much about all yeah. this now that, that it does change. So they do need that refresher. And, yeah. you know, for, I know it's so, it's just not accessible to everybody right now, which mm-hmm. is one thing are you know, we're really working on, but for parents who don't have this access, you know, well, first of all, I say like call every swim place in your area, even if you know they don't and ask them because the more that people, you know, harassed. You know that there really is like it. It the demand will create the supply. So really, first of all, even if you know they don't offer it, call them and ask them and, and say, "Do you know will your swim lessons teach my child on their own to independently get air?" I mean, that's really mm-hmm. the key. If, and I was if not, I was like,
2: also you know reading and, li- and listening to the Miller's testimony, and I think that's another. You know, that's where the fear came in, in my mind when it's like a little girl who it has no intention to swim or anything is just kind of slipped out of the pl- someone's play uh, playroom mm-hmm. again silently and quietly and in a matter of seconds she up, was wearing a dress, wearing a swimsuit yeah like ended up just in the pool you know so I think even that age group like that's yeah. why when they're so little they're not even aware of what they're doing what's happening it's right. just like and
1: she was only 19 months I mean she fell exactly in the, the, the range of it and yeah, she was wearing a blue dress. I mean, she wasn't even wearing a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't even not swimming time Yeah, at all. You
0: know what drives me crazy? And I don't know if this is like something, but, and I experience this a lot. I know again, like we mentioned, you know, the statistics show, like it's usually outside of swim time, but in swim time, I find this a lot when I go to like people's houses and parties and stuff, they have these like big floaties that don't have any, like, I don't know, it's like a, a swan or something, some sort of flamingo thing that doesn't have any, like, space in the middle. It's just, like, a giant thing like this. You can't see underneath you it. You can't see underneath it. And so all the time, like, these kids will be underneath it. And I am constantly, like, the crazy person, like, throwing those floaties out of the pool and, like, you know, because, like, you get under there for long enough, and sure, you know how to swim. You're exactly right. But, like, well- you can't get under it. And if someone's on top of it, like how do you find your way of, you know i i can't
1: <laughs> no i'm really y'all are like so insightful you already know all the things it, and i'm glad you said that because i don't want it to say like only toddlers and teens are at risk i mean there is no way around it they are more toddlers drowned than all the other age groups combined mm-hmm. but it is but it is still there are so many during, in the elementary age to your point about the, the rafts like So with toddlers, it's normally a non-swim time. With teenagers, it's almost always natural water when they aren't wearing a life jacket. I mean, almost every time. And then with elementary, most often it is actually when they're swimming. It is at a pool party. It is when parents are, you know, they're 10 and they're like, oh, they're okay. They're all swimming with their friends. I'm going to run inside and grab the pizza or whatever it is. it, it, so that is kind of where that happens. So.
0: Wow. Well, Nicole, um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for this, like really insightful information. And I think it's very timely with, you know, again, like I mentioned, like summers coming around swimming season and, and just season in which people are more closer to bodies of water. So it's really important for everyone to have this top of mind. So thank you so much, Nicole.
1: Thank you.